The History Channel Original Podcast. You can't turn on your TV without seeing an ad for online gambling. Casinos, sportsbooks, daily fantasy, it's everywhere. But I got the chance to interview a poker legend, Chris Moneymaker, who learned the game by playing on the internet at a time when online gambling was just starting to become popular. And the old school casino players were not happy about it. I met up with Chris in his hotel room before a big poker tournament in LA. These days, he spends his time traveling the world, playing poker with celebrities, billionaires, and of course, other poker pros. But he wasn't always living the high roller life. I wanted to know how Moneymaker went from being an accountant living in Tennessee, an underdog of underdogs, to dominate on poker's biggest stage. It's been 20 years, and it, you know, I get a call from the History Channel wanting to do something. I know, I know, I've, I've, it's been a while. So now we're here doing uh, doing an interview to recapture that moment. See if I'm young enough to even remember what happened back then. Sports history this week, May 23rd, 2003. Chris Moneymaker, Tennessee accountant, wins the World Series of Poker. I'm Kaylin Jones. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Today, the World Series of Poker is an annual lineup of poker events in Las Vegas. It draws thousands of players from all over the world. But in 1969, the World Series of Poker is just getting started. It doesn't even have the same name. It's called the Texas Gambling Reunion. It's actually kind of the vibe. A few old friends in a smoky Vegas card room. World Series started with very few people. People that loved the game mainly got together once a year and say, hey, let's see who's the best. Maury Escondani is a former professional poker player and the president of Poker Go, a company that produces poker shows for TV. And through the 1970s, he watches the gambling reunion grow into the World Series. In 1982, the main event draws over 100 players for the first time at $10,000 a pop. Now you're saying price pool of $1 million. You know, every time, you know, like 1 million comes up, obviously like everyone, oh, wait a second, this is real. But even well into the 80s, the tournament is still just for the pros, the rounders. I knew everybody at the table. I mean, I just, the 10 tables are going, hey, John, hey, Dan, hey. Like, you knew everybody. It was like 90% of the people knew 90% of the players. Let's put it that way. But in the 1990s, the vibe starts to change. Players from all over, many of whom are not your typical Vegas pros, begin showing up. The World Series main event has over 500 competitors by 2000 with the unknown players now outnumbering the famous ones. 
you would walk in there and within six, seven, eight tables around you, you didn't know a single soul. You could see the field getting younger, more educated. Younger players, but somehow smarter and more well-versed in poker strategy. It seems a bit counterintuitive, but the reason is pretty simple. The internet. If you saw some person that was like under 30 in a poker room, like he was going to be a fish, right? Which means a bad player. But then it immediately switched. Bart Hansen is a professional poker player, TV commentator, and teacher. All of a sudden you might see like these 21-year-olds or these 18-year-olds when it was legal with a bunch of money and they were really good because they had played the equivalent number of hands in like a few months as somebody had might have played in their lifetime because they were playing 20 tables at a time. Imagine flipping back and forth on 20 different tabs on your computer, each with its own poker table, nonstop, all day. You can't get close to that amount of poker playing live at a casino. A guy could play like 2,000 hands an hour online, and then live, they're playing 30 hands an hour. It's still going to take time, but you can speed up the experience level by just practicing online. And one of those players at home practicing online is a 26-year-old in Tennessee with a name that sounds destined to become a professional poker player, Chris Moneymaker. I met up with Chris at his hotel room in LA. He came out here to play in a poker tournament. He's pretty chill for a guy who's won millions at the poker table over the last two decades. I lost my job at Deloitte and Touche right after 9-11. They scaled back office sizes and we all got fired. So I went about six months where I didn't have a job. And uh, during that time is when I started playing on some online poker. It's not just some side hobby for him. He becomes profitable very quickly. I was able to support myself and my wife at the time, and we did okay. Moneymaker starts playing poker online about 40 hours a week, playing two to three tables at a time. And he continues to do so even after he finds a new job. I did as much playing poker as I did at my job. When I was at my job, I was doing both. And most of the time in poker, you're going to fold a lot. So I'd fold, 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 work, work, work. I'd finally get a hand, I'd play it, then go back to work. And, you know, thank goodness I was good enough at my job not to, not to get fired for doing that. Sounds stressful, right? But in the early 2000s, actually playing the game of poker is really the only way to learn. Back in his time, there was no info. I mean, there were a few books. People were just kind of winging it and were skilled based upon experience and had their own techniques. Moneymaker starts winning thousands of dollars in small online tournaments. But some tournaments offer a different prize. Instead of cash players can win entry into a bigger, higher-stakes tournament. These sorts of events are called satellite tournaments. Moneymaker pays $86 to join an online satellite. He wins it, which gets him a free seat at a bigger tournament the following weekend, where the buy-in is over $600. And at that tournament, the top three finishers win a seat at the World Series main event, a $10,000 value. Sure enough, Moneymaker plays his way to the final table at that satellite tournament. And Moneymaker decides he doesn't want to win. They were giving away three seats. Fourth place was $8,000 in cash. So it just so happened that my credit card bill at the time was about $8,000. So my plan was to get fourth if I could. 
and take the 8000 to pay off the credit card bill. Correct. Take the 8000 Because once you won the World Series seat, you couldn't sell it. But then he gets a call from a friend. He calls me on the phone. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to get fourth. I mean, you know, fourth is $8,000. He's like, yes. no, man, no, you got to win. You got to go to Vegas. It's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll never get the <laughs> chance to do something like that again. I'll give you five grand, and, you know, that way you'll have money, and you'll take the seat, and I'll take half your action. So I'm like, all right, deal, whatever. Moneymaker decides not to come in fourth on purpose and earns his seat at the main event. And the sad thing is, is I, I know me, if I would have paid off the credit card debt, I would have been in credit card debt six months later. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, that's just... <laughs> that's, that's human. That's, yeah, it's, it's me, it's everybody else. Everybody else, including that friend who promised him $5,000, but then lost everything at a casino. So Moneymaker goes to his father for help. I said, listen, you want to make a bad investment in your son? Um, <laughs> that's exactly how I awarded it to him. I wasn't trying to sales pitch the guys. I'm going to go, this, right. you know, you're going to throw away $2,000 here, but, you know, you're going to be helping me out. And in May of 2003, Moneymaker arrives at the Binion's Horseshoe Casino in Las Vegas for the World Series main event. Moneymaker's really only been playing poker online seriously for about a year. And while he's definitely been putting in the hours compared to the pros, he's got almost no experience playing poker in person. And he's not alone. A lot of these internet players have never even stepped foot in a casino. And the old guard, players like Maury Eskandani, they're not fans. I mean, we knew there were some online players, but we had no respect for them whatsoever. We thought, you know, like, you only get to uh, prove yourself and you sit across from the live players and especially seasoned ones. And looking around the field, Moneymaker himself doesn't even feel confident. I mean, I'm just some random dude in Tennessee, and I had no false pretenses that I could go out and compete with the pros. Yet here Chris Moneymaker is, in the gambling capital of the world, ready to do exactly that. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's May 16th, 2003. Day one of the main event at the World Series of Poker. Buying for poker immortality. <laughs> oh, and one other thing. Two and a half million dollars. I'm going up and playing against the best in the world, and I was just, I mean, really, 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 really nervous. At the main event, they play a variation of poker called No Limit Texas Hold'em. Players get two cards that only they can see. Those are called your whole cards. After a round of betting, the dealer puts out the flop. That's three cards that everyone can see. Then another round of betting, then a fourth card called the turn, then another round of betting, then the final card, the river. You might have seen No Limit Hold'em in movies like Rounders, Casino Royale, or Molly's Game. But for Chris Moneymaker, it's a brand new challenge. I'd never played a hand of No Limit live poker. I'd have played online, but in my casino, they only had limit. In No Limit Hold'em, players can bet as much as they want. That's why it's called No Limit. But in Limit Hold'em, there's a cap on how much a player can bet. Two different games with similar names, but very different strategies. So Moneymaker's figuring out how he wants to play this tournament on the fly. Not an easy thing to do, especially when he looks up and sees poker legend Dan Harrington sitting at his table. I'm like, oh, great. Now, I'm playing with, you know, a freaking main event champion at my table. Right, right. So I just avoided that guy like the plague, and I didn't play a single hand with him almost all day. Moneymaker might not play with Harrington, but he does observe Harrington's playing style. I was watching him. I was like, mm-hmm. this guy's just tight. He doesn't do anything special. He just doesn't. Right. Really, he never plays any hands. He folds everything. And for some reason, people just give him money. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> Moneymaker shifts to a new strategy. If his opponent checks, another way of saying they aren't putting in a bet, then Moneymaker bets. And if the opponent bets to show that their hand is strong, then Moneymaker folds and lives to see the next hand. More times than not, people would check, and I would just bet, and I would take it down, and, like, this game's the easiest game ever. That was my complicated strategy for three days, <laughs> and it worked like a dream. But as players get eliminated, the tournament moves players to different tables, so you never know who you'll find yourself sitting next to. I wake up on day three, and I'm looking for my table, and I can't, it's nowhere to be found. They're like, oh, you're on the TV table. I'm like... Oh, f- really? <laughs> God's like, oh my God, I'm going to pick my nose and it's going to be on national TV and this is going to be the most embarrassing thing ever. Anything I do is going to get picked up right. on the TV table. <laughs> and if that's not nerve-wracking enough, sitting at his table are two poker icons. Howard Letterer, a.k.a. The Professor. He's earned over $6.5 million in live tournaments over his career. And Johnny Chan, a 10-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner including back-to-back main event wins in 1987 and 88. When you're at these big tournaments, like, is it affecting you when you sit next to someone like Dan Harrington or Johnny Chan? Does someone's reputation cause you to ever make mistakes? 
You sit across some known player like Phil Ivey and and Johnny Chan. Something inside you is just not at ease. You think they're in your soul. If I bluff, they're going to know. If I call, they're going to know what I have. If I raise, they're going to... Every motion that you want to make, you're questioning inside you. What do I do for them not to know where I am at? But Moneymaker decides to take these heavyweights head on. In his first hand, he even tries to intimidate them. I'm studying them. I mean, I'm eyeing them up and down. I'm spending all my mental energy trying to figure out what they have. This goes on for a good two minutes, which in poker world is forever. But the mind games don't last for long when Moneymaker forgets that it's actually his turn to bet. You know, it's up to you, right? Didn't even know I had a hand. I'm sorry. Or is he? I think he just forgot to play, Norm. You're staring at him. I'm thinking, what? Are you looking into his soul or what? (laughs) Sorry, I thought y'all were in the hand. I didn't look down. He just flat out forgot, Norm. Yeah, we we have to thank Johnny Chan. We might have been here all night. (laughs) My face got really red. And I'm like, the only thing I said I wasn't going to do is do something stupid. (laughs) On TV. On TV. And I do that. I'm almost like an idiot in front of my friends, and they're just going <laughs> to make fun of me so much. But did it at least like break the ice? Yeah, that helped because it, you know, I've already done something really fucking dumb. Moneymaker puts the embarrassment behind him, and he keeps on grinding. And possibly the defining moment of his run is when he goes toe to toe with Johnny Chan. Moneymaker's hole cards are good, but not great the ace and eight of hearts. But. He doesn't look intimidated going up against the two-time champ. Moneymaker who's puffed himself up to be on the same level as the great Johnny Chan. Moneymaker hits a pair of aces on the flop to go along with the ace-high flush draw. It's a strong but far from unbeatable hand. Still, Moneymaker raises. Chan comes over the top with a big re-raise. It's the sort of play you might make if you have a monster of a hand. Three of a kind. Maybe even a straight. But Moneymaker doesn't back down. Instead, he goes all in. Jam makes the call and flips over his cards. He doesn't have three of a kind. He doesn't even have a pair. Chan is on a draw, meaning he needs some serious luck to win the hand. I felt like that was a really dumb move. And so I was like, well, hell, if he's doing that and he's the best player, I'm all right. The only card that beats Moneymaker is a deuce, a two, which would give Chan a straight. Moment of truth. The turn card, a nine of hearts, and that's going to do it. Chris Moneymaker takes down Johnny Chan. Wow, this is like Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. The two-time champion. Once I busted Johnny Chan, like all the pressure went away. I busted the best person in the tournament. I beat the best. And so I've got a chance to win this thing. But there's still dozens of players remaining in the tournament. Moneymaker continues to accumulate chips as he grows more and more comfortable at the table. But not everything goes perfectly. A savvy veteran named Umberto Brennis uses some theatrics to make Moneymaker feel like a novice again. There was a hand the day before where he played in a really big pot and started walking around a little bit and was acting all super nervous. And uh, the guy folded, so he comes over the table and goes, ah, and he had like seven high. And I'm like, okay, so he's, he was bluffing. I got it. 
So fast forward to the next day. He does the same thing. Once again, Brennus gets up and walks around. But this time, he doesn't have seven high. No, this time, he has two aces, or the best possible starting hand in No Limit Hold'em. Moneymaker has simply been outplayed. In the poker world, it's called getting trapped. Moneymaker's pair of eights are a huge underdog to his opponent's aces. But in poker, there's always a chance. Here comes a turn, and it's an eight of clubs. The last card is no help to Brennus, and he has been eliminated. And now another stunning knockout for Moneymaker against Umberto Brennus. How far can this young kid from Knoxville go? the gods shined down from above and delivered an eight on the turn and <laughs> knocked him out of the tournament. As they say in poker, Moneymaker is running good. Only 10 players remain. When the next player is eliminated, the tournament will move to the final table. Moneymaker finds himself in a hand with Phil Ivey, who many consider to be the greatest poker player ever. And he's playing at a point in the tournament when pretty much everyone is mentally fried. The tournament back then started at noon. You play for two hours, you get a 15-minute break. Play for two hours, 15-minute break. Over and over and over. And the night before, we played to like 4 a.m. Because that's they had to get down to the final table. If you watch the coverage, people were legit falling asleep in the stands. Ivy looks down at his hole cards, a pair of nines. Moneymaker looks at his, an ace and a queen. Because Ivy's already got a pair of nines, Moneymaker needs an ace or a queen on the flop to take the lead. The flop comes two queens. A monster flop for Chris Moneymaker, who makes three queens and becomes a prohibitive favorite. An 82% favorite, to be precise. But sometimes, poker can be so cruel. Here comes a turn, and it's a nine! And that gives Phil Ivy a full house. Miracle on 4th Street for Phil Ivy. But with three queens, Moneymaker still thinks he has the best hand. So both players go all in, and all Moneymaker can do is hope. He needs another queen to give him four of a kind, or an ace or a six to give him a better full house. Otherwise, Ivy would take a huge bite out of Moneymaker's stack. Here we go, we're gonna see one more card. It's an ace! For probably the best player left in the tournament. He hits the ace, and Chris Moneymaker has just punched his ticket to the main event final table. Moneymaker enters the final table with the most chips of any of the remaining players. By comparison, five of the nine remaining have less than one-third as many chips. I'm hopped up on Red Bull and adrenaline, so <laughs> I was ready to go. Because Moneymaker has so many chips, he's more willing to call his opponents when they go all in. Moneymaker knocks them out. Fifth place, fourth place, third place. There was no recreational players at the table. That's what made it really amazing. It wasn't like there was a table of half pros, half recreational. One recreational, rest pros. And sure enough, one by one, they started falling. And then there were two. Moneymaker and a poker pro from Lebanon named Sam Farha. 
If you could have gone into casting on a movie lot and found old school gangster, like casino slick pro guy, (laughs) looks cool. He had an unlit cigarette in his mouth the entire time. He really thought like he was the best player. And uh, he let me know about it. Moneymaker describes Farha in his book as oozing the kind of quiet self-assurance I wish I had. But this guy didn't scare me. It was like, let's go to war. Moneymaker has way more chips than Farha. And when you're playing one-on-one poker, also known as heads up, having a bigger stack is a massive advantage. He didn't want to get into big pots. I was, you know, making him be uncomfortable, making him do things he didn't want to do. And so I was putting a ton of pressure on him. On the 28th heads up hand, Farha looks down at his hole cards, a jack and a 10. And the flop comes out. Five, four, jack giving Farha a pair of jacks. He has every reason to think he's ahead, so Farha puts in a healthy raise. 175,000 chips. Moneymaker winces, like he's trying to make it seem like he has a tough decision. Little does Farha know that Moneymaker's hole cards are a four and a five. Good for two pair. Top pair for Sam Farha, but once again, Chris Moneymaker has gotten another fortunate flop. Moneymaker puts in a raise, and Farha takes the bait. Both players go all in. And with two pair, Chris Moneymaker, a statistical improbability to win this title at the outset, is now closing in on making it an incredible reality. It all comes down to the last card. Farha needs a jack, a 10, or an 8 to stay alive. Anything else, and Moneymaker is the champion. This could be the last card of the 2003 World Series of Poker. It's a The five of hearts gives Moneymaker the cherry on top, a full house. Moneymaker hugs his dad, just inches away from a $2.5 million pile of cash that now belongs to him. Some poker pros are not happy that an amateur like Moneymaker is now the champ. Mike Matisau, a four-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner, calls him a donkey. A poker term for a player with no real skills who just gets lucky. But poker pro Eric Seidel knows that Moneymaker's win is going to be huge for everyone in the game. Seidel responds to like, that guy changed the world. He just changed the poker world. Or, as Morias Kandani puts it, Moneymaker winning it proved that, that everyone has a chance to win. Suddenly, attendance at the World Series of Poker skyrockets. The year that I won, there was 839 people. The next year, there's 2,500. The next year, there was 6,000. Went up to like 8,000. Every event was just blowing doors off. The main event ends up capping the number of players by 2006. There are simply too many people who want to play. But it's not just the major events like the World Series. The so-called Chris Moneymaker effect trickles down in the smaller poker rooms around the country. Poker went from gambling to being socially accepted. Lawyers, doctors, everybody started playing poker in the real world, I guess. It took it out of the shadows. Poker pro Bart Hansen 
even credits his career to Moneymaker. Seeing Moneymaker on TV and seeing him be an amateur and beating this like seasoned pro, you know, David beats Goliath. If I hadn't seen Moneymaker win, if I hadn't seen the WSOP on ESPN, I probably wouldn't even have thought about it, thought about playing or thought about trying to make money from it. That's for sure. It really does seem like a Hollywood script. As Chris would put it, a random dude from Tennessee comes out of nowhere and beats the world's best poker players to take down a $2.5 million prize. And on top of it all, his name is Chris Moneymaker. It sounds so fake. In fact, while researching him for this episode, we found a video that he made a couple years ago where he finally reveals his real name to the world. I think it's time just to get it off my chest. Um, a lot of people have been calling me Chris Moneymaker for years when I went on ESPN and they kind of ran with it and I uh, thought it was cool, so I just let it go. Um, I was actually born Chris Smith. Uh, it just doesn't have the same pizzazz. That's my, that's my given name and I'm, I'm proud of it. Except I forgot to look at the date that that video came out. April 1st. That was a pretty good day for Fool's joke, wasn't it? Are you being, uh, don't mess with me like that, man. Don't mess with me like that. Are you being serious? You're messing with me. No, no, no I'm too cold. Well, don't do that. <laughs> You're messing with me. It was an April Fool's joke two years ago. It's a pretty good one. Turns out he really is Chris Moneymaker. Damn, see, this is why you're a good poker player. I bluffed you. you bluffed me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to wrap it, man. Thanks for listening to Sports History This Week. For more moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. Other notable sports stories that happened this week? 1942. Using a bamboo pole, Cornelius Warmer Dam, the first pole vaulter to clear 15 feet, sets a world record that stands for 15 years. And 2005. Liverpool beats AC Milan in penalties in what many consider to be the greatest Champions League final of all time. If you'd like to get in touch, please shoot us an email at sportspod at history.com or leave us a voicemail at 212-351-0410. We'd love to hear from you. Special thanks to our guest, Maury Eskandani, the head of Poker Go, which produces numerous poker shows for TV, such as Poker After Dark and High Stakes Poker. Bart Hansen, TV poker commentator and poker teacher through his website and YouTube channel, Crush Live Poker. And Chris Moneymaker, the winner of the 2003 World Series of Poker main event. This episode was produced by David Ingber. It was story edited by me, Kalen Jones, and sound designed by Isaac Lee. Sports History This Week is also produced by Cooper McKim. Our senior producer is Ben Dickstein. Our associate producers are Emma Fredericks, Hazel May, and Jonah Buchanan. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Sports History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Copyright 2023 A&E Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved.